0: Idols. What image comes to mind when you hear that word? Stone statues? Figurines? Inanimate objects found in tribal cultures? What about concepts of doctrine and theology around which entire denominations are focused? We're in the midst of a challenging and interesting discussion about worship and what, in fact, it looks like. Let's get back to it now. Here's George.
1: Again, doctrine doesn't scare me. As with wealth, fame, success, and possessions, I want to hold on to my doctrine and defend it. I can and I do make an idol of it. We die and kill for idols all the time. Humans always have. We still do. Whether honor or position, fame or religion, nationalism or race, gender or beauty, we tend to idolize what we want or want to keep. And we fight for it, often regardless of the harm we do to other people or to our world. We make idols and fight to defend them. We justify such battles with self-righteous explanations. And we labor to get others to bend to our will or submit to our vision. Such idolatry is not unique to Christians or even to religion but it is common to our humanity. That is why Scripture is so compelling and why we must listen again to God's first commandment. He said, You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. In the event that anyone thinks this passage is simply about tribal gods made of stone or wood and not about idols like pride or fame or property or wealth, or idols of doctrine, ritual, even hermeneutics, well, just read the Bible. It's replete with such idols and exhortations against them. We began all of those kinds of idolatry right at the beginning, and they were well known to God and to the ancient authors of Scripture. We were warned early. Our idolatry of concept, especially the part called doctrine, and supposedly all about God and holy behavior, leads us to attack, disfellowship, injure, and hate others who cling to different doctrines or to none. Even if their doctrines are wrong, we conduct our debates as if we are exempt from God's commandments about loving neighbors and even enemies. We attack and belittle others— we treat them with condescension and sarcasm, full of ourselves and with self-righteousness. At our worst, we murder our opponents en masse. The partisanship for and the idolatry of our doctrine wounds the heart of God. Our actions are wrong, even if our doctrines are right. The problem is rooted in our focus on doctrines and debate about them, rather than on loving relationship with God and neighbor. This rabid debate over doctrine stretches from the authors of our day back to Luther, Aquinas, Augustine, Irenaeus, and others, as respected as anyone might be for contributions to the faith to the development of settled doctrine, or to a rigorous debate on a point of theology, each also is personally culpable when engaged in loveless attack. The former does not justify the latter. With every debate over doctrine, division follows. People are kicked out or leave, and another sect or denomination arises Another group with its own correct way, the defenders of its correct way, angrily contesting against the false way of the group they just divorced. The children of such divorces learn from their parents what to do when they disagree, attack the person, and divorce again. It is ironic that voices who most loudly denounce divorce in the marriage of people often celebrate the divorces of churches, their own, or those of their founders. Scripture says this, Jesus speaking, So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well-built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins." The foundation Jesus speaks of here is not transubstantiation, trinity, inerrancy, systematic theology, baptism, apostolic succession, textual criticism, epiclesis, orthodoxy, Roman Catholicism, Protestantism, or any such thing. The solid foundation is following what Jesus taught. When someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it, he says. If we want evidence that the church has forgotten what Jesus taught, we need only consider the state of the church, disputing not over how to better live as Jesus called us to live, or about love of God and each other, but over concepts— Doctrine, worship, authority, liturgy, baptism, gender, communion, translation, hermeneutics, tradition, tongues, evolution, and times, titles, music, rapture, and the internal structure of God, and a thousand, thousand more. We have collapsed into a heap of warring factions, followers of this concept, fighting followers of that concept. We are obsessed. The problem is, is that our foundation is not God, not even Scripture. It is instead philosophy and its concepts, and we are not doing what Jesus told us to do. We love concepts and fight about them in the lectures about God lecture halls. We avoid the door labeled God. Even now, Seeing this achingly clearly, perhaps for the first time, we will likely return to our fights, and we will find other things to do. We will justify our sin as a defense of God. I've described the problem in broad terms, and likely you can readily imagine or recall examples and particulars of where it has impeded or delayed the advance of the good news in your own life, in your church, or your denomination. But let me now give a few explicit exemplars of this problem of religious concepts, specifically in doctrine and practice, Knowing that the actual scope of the issue is monumental and daunting in every way, able merely to be touched upon here. But it is a huge barrier to and distraction from doing the work of Christ, and it must be exposed and acknowledged. And then I will suggest a way forward. Some examples of where and how this problem manifests. The first, baptism. Baptism with water in Scripture is a physical action with spiritual meaning. It signifies initiation and acceptance by God, was and is used by Jews to signify repentance and purity, both literally and figuratively, and occurs in the New Testament with John baptizing both repentant Jews and Jesus. Later, Jesus instructs his disciples to take the good news to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We later read of the disciples doing just this. There are no rules given in Scripture regarding who can do baptism or receive it although many rules have been formulated based upon various verses referring to baptism as well as upon varying concepts of God and the Church. Nowhere in Scripture will you find a formula for only an adult making a specific and individual profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and then being fully immersed in water with certain unfailing words in order to be baptized and become a member of the church. But today you will find certain sects of Christians who will insist that certain specific rituals and practices about this are necessary or not to the true faith. And we'll examine both of these when we gather together
0: next time. If baptism is part of your worship tradition, I know you'll want to tune in next time. And frankly, the same can be said if baptism is not part of your worship tradition. Ultimately, our goal is to strengthen your faith walk with a better understanding of the basic concepts. Now, this is program 35, so a lot of material has come prior to this. If you'd like to review some of those programs, they are available, as is the book and other resources. All of that at the website, What We Believe and Why. Dot .com and I hope you'll join us next time for another edition.